talking to you through a time warp. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 364 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by Andres. Hello, Sam. Welcome back, Andres. Thank you. Now, this is a bit weird, because as nearly all of you probably know, um, if you listen to last week's episode, we're recording this immediately after last week's episode. I just realised that we forgot to mention that Central Cordoba had put Lanús out of the Copa Argentina. I'll have to add that on to last week's episode. But you um, mentioned that they were winning, I think. Yes, uh, I did, yeah. yeah. And then I tweeted it, but I forgot to add it onto the recording oh. when, when the full-time whistle went. Anyway, we're recording immediately after last week's episode, so this is going to go online on... I haven't actually decided when to schedule... I don't know whether I can schedule it for certain. Uh, but it's going to go online, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday... The 20th or 21st? Uh, I think Wednesday is a great three days yeah. before. Okay, cool. Well, if you think that, then I'll, I'll try and schedule this for Wednesday the 20th. But we are actually recording on Thursday the 14th. The reason that we have done this, as I explained at some length before, uh, is that the Copa Libertadores final is coming up. Okay, mental leap prepared now. This coming weekend, by the time you hear this. Obviously not while we're recording, though. Um, and we didn't want there, there being an Argentine side involved in the final we didn't want there to not be any Hand of Pod preview at all but of course I when you hear this I'm going to be in Salta I think we've got four nights in Salta yeah I'm, I'm going to be in Salta uh, and by the time the Libertadores final gets played as we've been just explaining to Andres because uh, my girlfriend got in in between the two episodes we're going to be in Tilcara up in northwest Argentina um, so I'm not going to be able to publish anything we wanted to make sure something goes up. So this is our Libertadores final preview. It's a good excuse as well to mention that if you're in the United States, you can watch the Libertadores final live. You can do so with Fanatis. Go to fntz.co slash hop and use the discount code HOPFZ um, and you get 20% off your first three months with Fanatis. If you're in the rest of the world, then they don't have the Libertadores rights, but what they do have for the rest of the world is live Superliga, and apart from Rivers game, there will be a full Superliga uh, round coming up this, this weekend as well, um, as well as live Copa Argentina, the final um, is going to be played, when is the final going to be played? 27 of November. Thank you, good, super. But Really? Yes. So soon after the Libertadores final, and River might be involved in both... Are or are not involved in both the we'll leagues applicable again, by the time this goes online. Well, I'm okay. pretty sure it will be yes. Uh, so that's coming up as well, and then of course towards the end of the season, the Copa Argent, uh, the Super, the Copa Superliga will also uh, be available on Fanatis for the rest of the world outside the US, either live or on demand, and also inside the US as well. Just to be clear, so the US gets the live Libertadores um, and all the other stuff. Um, you can. Likewise, use fntz.co slash HOP and the discount code HOPFZ to support the podcast and to watch yourself some live 
or on demand Argentine slash South American football. Well, Premier Sub says uh, uh, to, to be confirmed, but uh, huh. I, I'm pretty sure I heard it will be the 23rd of November. Perhaps this is uh, because if River wins uh, Copa Libertadores, they will need some time to well get it. Get yeah, well, we'll see. But um, and, and perhaps it's it's a move, but. Uh, Previously, it was stated that it would be the 27th of November, which, of course, sounds a bit close today. Indeed. So we will be... I, I, I'm aware, by the way, that we haven't actually recorded the episode yet, but just so that you have an idea of the timetable, there won't be an episode next week. I'm talking about, of course, in two weeks' time, Andres. Yes. For, the, for this lot, it's next week. Um, so the week beginning Monday, the 25th of November, there will not be an episode. And I get back from my holiday on Sunday, the 1st of December. So there will be an episode at some point in the week beginning Monday the 2nd. And in that episode, we will review the Copa Libertadores final, we will review the Copa Argentina final, if it's been played by the time we record, and it sounds very much like it's going to be, um, and mop up the Superliga and stuff as well, because there's going to be a couple of rounds of Superliga in December too. Um, anyway, moving on. Previewing the Libertadores final. How do we do this? There's no team news we can really talk about, is there? We just have to hope that nobody gets injured in the next seven days, six well, days. Well, there is a news, a new gate bit to me before we start recording this episode, which is that Flamengo could have been, could have played the the oh, yeah. final of Copa Libertadores being champions of the Brasileirao, and finally they won't be able to do it. Yes, it is my understanding, i.e. I read on Twitter yesterday, and I hope it's correct, um, that Flamengo whatever happens, will definitely not be champions um, of Brazil by the time the Libertadores final kicks off. I am now bringing up the Brasileirao Serie A table to check this is true. Um, so Flamengo were involved, as we record, I think it's yesterday, wasn't it? Yes. Um, on, that is to say, today's Thursday, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So on Wednesday the 13th of November... Flamengo were involved in a... Why does that say 3-1 win? Oh, they've got the previous round. But then this says... Oh, God, this is confusing. They, they were involved in a 4-4 draw against somebody or other. Uh, against Vasco, it was a classic. Against Vasco. Yes. But this has them winning 3-1 against Bahia. It must have been a, a hangover game, right, from a previous round, I guess. Um, this doesn't say... Oh, God, this is embarrassing. Uh, anyway... That 4-4 draw, the fact that it wasn't a win, meant that they cannot win the league in their next game. There are going to be 38 games total. Oh, so they've got loads of games. They've got five matches still to play. Uh, Palmeiras in second place. They've got six matches still to play. Um, and are 11 points behind. So, yeah, that's right, isn't it? They, yes. Flamengo, had they won that game... They'd be two points better off. They would be 13 points clear. And if they win and Palmeiras don't this weekend, that would put um, Flamengo 16 clear with 15 to play for. Had they won yesterday. Uh, sorry, had they won last Wednesday. Uh, but as it is, they did not win last Wednesday. They only drew. And therefore, whatever happens, they're going into the Libertadores final not yet as champions they, of Brazil. They, Even they, they're, they're obviously going to win the league title anyway. They play round 34, which is, uh, for the rest of the teams, we playing just when they are in oh, the semi Oh, I see. The they brought that game forward so that yes. rather than owing a match, they played one more than everybody yes. else. I see. Round 34, yes. yeah. That's very forward-thinking of them, isn't it? Um, thank you for 
the detective work there, Andres, because I was thoroughly confused when I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, so yeah, Flamengo won't be champions. I'm not really sure whether that helps. I, I suspect the answer is no. It doesn't really help River at all, does it, in any way? No. Uh, it doesn't particularly hinder them. But Even if they have lost against Vasco, uh, perhaps they... Yeah, they, they will be... It will be said that the Flamengo cut uh, 24 matches uh, unbeaten. Uh, and, but they, that, didn't, that wouldn't change anything. And I, I think it's even this game of, of, oh, who is better or who arrives better to the final... Hmm. If Flamengo uh, would have lost yesterday against Pasco, wouldn't have changed anything. Or uh, the, the most important thing that are this that both teams are quite equal, quite even, and f- perhaps Flamengo looks a bit, a bit, a slight, as, as a, sl- a slight favorite because of of the goals they are scoring, uh, four goals each match or, or five or or uh, Bruno Enrique and, and Gabi Gol are, are are just doing. I know two or three goals per match, hmm. and, and yes, of course, uh, they have a team with uh, players that have played recently in Europe and that stuff. And uh, but 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 if you put it that way, yes, Flamengo could be uh, a bit favourites. But we we know how River plays this these matches. The eager they have when they play a final, uh, they like to play matches that decide tournaments and cups. So I think that is uh, what makes this final quite interesting and, and I think it will be one of the best finals in the latest Copa Libertadores, I think. Yeah, indeed. It's it's a shame um, in a way that, it, that it's only one leg. I, I was talking to a journalist uh, based in Spain who's writing a, a, a report on it, a, a preview piece of it, um, and he was asking me, you know, what, what's the atmosphere like in Buenos Aires ahead of this, you know, another massive match? And I sort of reminded him, well, this is the, the first ever Libertadores final. It, it was, it's only the second ever final of a Commonwealth competition that's being played as, as a single game. Because uh, don't forget the Sudamericana final was, of course, last weekend. Um, and so as a result, there's this kind of weird atmosphere here where I guess, you know, River fans are already looking forward to it. But there isn't that anticipation of getting right up for the receiving the teams as they come out onto the pitch and intimidating the opponents as, as all, you know with all the fireworks and noise and smoke and everything because the Monumental isn't going to be hosting one and this hasn't happened before it, it's, it feels well, really it happened odd, in, it? in 2018 well yeah of course but I mean yes. in the build up we didn't know that it wasn't going to happen in 2018 uh, everybody was looking forward to River playing Boca in the Monumental right up until it didn't happen whereas now everybody knows that it's not happening it, yes. it's a bit more but the, the River supporters uh, are used incredibly used to something which is to change tickets or change venues in a quite fast uh, period of time mm-hmm. because uh, of course in the last uh, year it was these stones that uh, Sambara Bravas Barras of River threw threw to the bus in which their, the Boca uh, players were traveling, and, and, and finally the, the the final was played in the in, in Spain in Madrid in the Santiago Bernabéu Stadium. Uh, and now, all in a sudden, when all was ready to play it in Santiago de Chile, the Chilean, of course, crisis made uh, was uh, uh, made Comebol change the, the the venue to Lima, which made again River supporters change the the tickets change the the, the the, the hotel in which they they, they should they should stay and well all of the things that you prepare to to, to go and, and uh, 
uh, travel and, 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 and watch a final. Uh, so for River supporters, this is no 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 strange or no surprise. No, um, indeed, it's something that they are relatively used to. Whereas of course Flamengo, and we're going to go more into the history um, on Hand of Pod Extra for our Patreon supporters. So if you want to hear that, go over to patreoncom pod and sign up as a supporter. Um, but Flamengo, we, we can say because it, it doesn't require an awful lot of research. Flamengo have only done this once before. This is their second. Copa Libertadores final. The first was in 1981 when they played Cobre Loa over three legs uh, because back then aggregate scores weren't counted by Commonwealth. It was just how many points do you get over the matches played over two games um, and each team got three points i.e. each team won a game. Um, if I remember rightly Cobre Loa's win was like 1-0 and Flamengo's win was 4-1 but aggregate scores weren't counted so they played off in the Estadio Centenario in Montevideo, um, and Peñarol took the title there. Uh, funnily enough, a point that I made when Flamengo first qualified for the final this year, that game, their, pre- their only previous Libertadores final, involved a match in Santiago's Estadio Nacional, which was supposed to be the venue for this year's final. But in the end, that's not happening. Um, I think that the correct decision was taken. Uh, it would have been very, very... Brave, bordering on foolhardy of Commonwealth to to leave the final in Santiago. Um, at the moment, when we record this, a week before most of you are going to be listening to it, uh, obviously, is it still definitely, definitely, definitely taking place in Lima? <laughs> like, is it is something else going to go wrong in the meantime? Or uh, well, there's this wave of unrest sweeping South America. Peru appears as one of the. Uh, not very much countries that have at least a bit of peace or, uh, there because uh, we have well, the Bolivia problem that of course we won't talk about because it's not politics but there is a problem there there is a problem in Chile well Argentina is peace in at peace but with a change of government that is coming right in one month's time mm. uh, part Uruguay but Uruguay is close to Argentina and perhaps for Brazil wasn't uh, Flamengo wasn't uh, the idea and, and they, well, they have apart from a possible electoral runoff in Uruguay yes. isn't there ah, yes um, there is a second round yes a ballot arc. yeah and there, there were problems with the lights in the Centenario Stadium which they should fix have oh well they would have needed to fix if uh, if the final was going to be taken there uh, but if the match goes to the uh, um, extra time in that case, if they have, would have chosen Uruguay, mm. Centenario, and um, the exit and would have taken place, that would be a problem. So, sure. yeah. Uh, of course, Paraguay was not possible because the, there was already a final holding being held there. Well, and also, River in particular weren't happy with the potential temperatures in Asuncion. Um, well, I don't think Lima is... No, is, indeed. But Lima's coastal, so I guess it, yeah. it's likely to be a little bit cooler. Um but yeah, it, it, we will see. There are still some doubts over the venue. Um, the Monumental de Lima, not the Buenos Aires, of course, that would have been controversial, um, is the stadium's biggest... Stadium's biggest stadium? No, the continent's biggest stadium by capacity. Um, it holds 80,000 people. Um, it is... Yeah. I, I thought... It, be, it became the continent's biggest stadium by capacity when the old Maracanã was knocked down. And I was under the impression 
that when the new one was finished, when the new Maracanã was finished, um, it went back to second place. But actually it didn't, because the new Maracanã has a capacity of about 78,500. And the Monumental de Lima has a capacity of, let me just remind myself on Wikipedia, it's 80,000 and something. Um, of course, the page is taking ages to load now that I've said this. 85,000. Um, so it is the biggest in, on, on the continent, even including the ones in Brazil. Strange thing is that I heard uh, that uh, even when it's Universitario Stadium or stadium mm -hmm. used by Universitario, there is... There are only two or three times in which it is used. Yeah, I've, I've only found this out fairly recently as well. When it was announced, um, Brian Bertie, who is an occasional listener, I think, to Handapod and, and uh, is an American living in Peru, um, told me about it, basically. I mean, the, the Monumental de Lima is a stadium that I've wanted to go to ever since I first saw a photograph of it when it was shortly after it was opened in, like, 2003 or something. Um, but he said it's just it's crumbling. It's out in the middle of... It's impossible to get to because the public transport's awful and it's way out of town. Um, and there is just no upkeep done on it at all. And it very, very rarely sells out. I think he said it had been sold out six times ever since it opened. Um, so it's, you know, nice. this huge white elephant, which I think is a great shame. Um, if anything's going to sell it out, then it's a Copa Libertadores final between the biggest, the, the most supported club on the continent, Flamengo. Um, and what River must be second or third well probably not quite as many as Boca but third or fourth on the continent you would think um, yes because they uh, in the case of the, the Monumental but of Buenos Aires they have increased by 8,000 the, mm. the, the, the yeah, amount of people that can get there uh, so yes there are 70,000 now yeah um, so it is, it, it's a shame but Well, it looks anyway, from our point of view, recording this a week and a half in advance, as if we're at least fairly safe in saying that the Libertadores final is going to be played on Saturday the... What day? 23rd? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. On Saturday the 23rd of November um, in the Estadio Monumental de Lima, Universitario Stadium, as Andres says. Look up some aerial photographs of it. Oh, four... But yeah, apparently it's in a bit of a state and isn't actually that nice to attend the game in. Uh, so hopefully, if you're going, if you're lucky enough to have tickets, then, then I hope that your experience of it um, is better than what I have been led to believe it might be. Um, I, I, another thing that I think, well, Cornwall can't handle something like that. Perhaps they could do something, but they can't decide, is that the, the state of the, of the actual conditions of the, of the pitch is not yeah. the best. And they will ha have to work hard, of course. There is only nine uh, days to go. Uh, and Universitario, Universitario played the, the other day. Yeah. Perhaps they could have made Universitario play in another stadium. Well, of course, it's not something that something that perhaps they may not like Universitario, but uh, to prepare and, and, and make the conditions the best possible. But well. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because, I mean, that whole area, the, the, the whole coastal region of Peru is basically in the middle of a coastal desert. Um, as I found out on Sunday because I was writing a Buenos Aires pub quiz themed around on deserts so I found out about coastal deserts as opposed to inland deserts and um, essentially the whole coast of Peru is, is desert so I guess yeah it probably doesn't get an awful lot of rain um, but yeah hopefully they'll manage to get a playable a playable playing surface um, we will move on to how these two teams reach the final 
Now, for River, we will deal with them afterwards, but let's do Flamengo first of all. Um, Flamengo qualified uh, from, what, by virtue of their league position, didn't they, last year, I believe. Let me just scroll up. I, I was all ready to just talk about them uh, going through their group, but they qualified as, yeah, they were runners-up in last season's uh, Serie A in Brazil, um, and they were drawn into a group alongside Liga de Quito, uh, 20-08 Libertadores champions from Ecuador and until a week and a half ago when you hear this but half a week ago as we're recording it the only Ecuadorian team ever to win a continental title but of course Independiente del Valle have now joined them by beating Colón in the Sudamericana final um, so Liga de Quito Peñarol a giant of South American club football and San Jose De Oruro in Bolivia, Bolivia, I think it is, isn't it? Um, and it was actually the tightest group of the lot. Uh, it, it was right the way down to the wire in the final game. Um, because three the, the top three teams, Flamengo, Liga de Quito and Peñarol, all finished on ten points. And they were only separated by goal difference. Um, Flamengo qualified first with a goal difference of six. Liga de Quito had a goal difference of four. And Peñarol had a goal difference of two. Um, which is it mathematically inevitable that when that happens San Jose are going to end up with a goal difference of minus 12 i.e. adding up the goal differences of the top three teams leads you to the negative goal difference of the bottom team Uh, I'm not a mathematician so I'm not not sure whether that is mathematically inevitable or whether it's just a huge coincidence but it is the case anyway Um, so anyway as a result of that Flamengo and Liga de Quito went through to the second round Uh, the games for Flamengo they started well really well they got a 1-0 win in Oruro over San Jose uh, very hard fought Um, they then I think altitude right Oruro is at altitude isn't it let me just check that I'm not making this up because I'm sure I remember seeing this result when it happened and being like, oh, that's that's really well done. Uh, let's see, Oruro is at an... Yes, it is quite some altitude, 3,735 metres oh. above sea level. Um, so it is exactly where I thought it was. Um, they, they got a very good 1-0 win there. I mean, the number of Argentine and Brazilian giants who we've seen travel to the heights of Bolivia and come away with their tails between their legs... Um, to, to really set them off to a good start there. Then they beat Liga de Quito 3-1. By, by the time, sorry, by the time there, the, there was no Jorge Jesus in the bench, it was Abel Braga. Yeah, Jorge Jesus, when did he take over? I think by the, the end of the, year. of the season. So, by the beginning of the present season. Yes, that's a good point. We should quickly double-check that. But yeah, you're right. I'd, I'd forgotten that they had a different coach during the group stage. Uh, let me just check... Jorge Jesus. I hope for our Portuguese listeners that I'm yes. pronouncing it more or less correctly and not just sounding like I'm taking the piss. Although I am taking the piss a little bit. Um, Flamengo, June 2019, he took over from yeah. Abel Braga. Um, so, where's it gone? Where's the tab gone? There we go. Right, so they got a 3 1 win in their second game over Liga de Quito, which was a pretty one sided match. I think I remember watching that one actually and. and they look pretty impressive there. Followed up with a loss at home to Peñarol um, in the Maracana, uh, which was a, an impressive one for Peñarol, 
But Flamengo got straight back on it, and in the return of their game against San Jose, they won 6-1. The Argentinian Lucas Piatri scored in that, the former Boca. For uh, Peñarol. Yes. Yeah. Um, they won 6-1 there, which was, well, it accounts for almost all of their positive goal difference, in fact, because they finished the group with a goal difference of six. Um, and then they lost to Liga de Quito. And they qualified by the skin of their teeth, actually, in the end, drawing nil-nil against away to Peñarol in that crazy game, which I did see about the last ten minutes of, because there were, I think there was a ridiculous amount of stoppage time, and it finished on the same evening as one of the Argentine teams, San Lorenzo, maybe finished their group. Um, and so I turned over for the last few minutes, and remember, I'd completely forgotten about this. Obviously, we're, we're kind of reminding ourselves as we go along here by reading these results out. Um, but obviously if, if Peñarol have managed to grab a goal there then that group would have been won by Peñarol Liga de Quito would have finished second and Flamengo out. would have gone out and how many times in recent years have we seen a team any team qualify by the skin of their teeth from a group well, and then River go on to lift the trophy yes. San Lorenzo in 2014 and River in 2015 both qualified on the last day of the group stage thanks to the other game finishing 5-4 to the away team in, in both cases, the same exact same scoreline for both of them. When the other, when the away team in question didn't have anything to play for because they were already guaranteed to go through, um, and of course in Rivers' case, in 2015 they then went on to beat that away team who had rescued them in the group stage in the final. Um, so this is a pattern that will be familiar to seasoned Libertadores watchers of the last few years, and you might want to therefore chuck all of your money on Flamengo to win yes. on the basis that they just barely scraped through and were helped. By Liga de Quito. No, they weren't helped by Liga de Quito beating San Jose. I'm taking the piss there because, you know, San Jose were never going to be a danger anyway. Um, but uh, even then, it, it looked, I think, Liga de Quito running in the goals against San Jose. They, they won 4, four nil. Um And if Liga de Quito had scored another two, they would have finished level on goal difference with Flamengo, but ahead of them on goals scored. And Flamengo would have finished second in the group. And that could have all done Changed. very differently yes. as well. So it's remarkable, isn't it? The sliding doors moments. Um, that, that football tournaments bring you. In the knockout stage, Flamengo were drawn against Emelec, which immediately was quite difficult. The first leg was in... Guayaquil? In Guayaquil, thank you. I, I always do this with Emelec. I always want to say Quito. And then I stop myself before I'm about to say it. Thank you very much. First leg was in Guayaquil, and Emelec won it 2-0. And Flamengo managed to win 2-0 in the return leg and then go through 4-2 on penalties. Um, and that one, did they score really late? Trying to remind myself. Um, oh, no, they didn't. They went 2-0 up really early on, in fact. That was it. Yes, Gabriel that's... Barbosa got a 10th minute penalty and then put them 2-0 up in the 19th minute. And then that's... they just kind of shut down. They just went, right, that's, that's it. That's the incredible or the weird thing. You, you will say, well, they might have scored on the 80th minute. No, there mm. were 70 minutes in which they could have scored another one and, and uh, go through. And no, they, uh, well, Gabriel Barbosa, clearly one of the of the uh, best uh, men uh, or best players of the, of the squad, scored yeah. twice and, and made it to the penalties, but they, they passed through, of course. And they then had an all-Brazilian... Um, in fact, you might remember that from the quarterfinals onwards, that top half of the draw was all Brazilian. Internacional um, played Flamengo and were beaten 2-0 in uh, Porto Alegre 
and then got a 1-1 draw in a much duller game, uh, partly because Flamengo was so comfortable from the first leg. Um, back in Rio de Janeiro for Flamengo to complete a 3-1 win. At the same time as that, Gremio went through on... Um, why does this say V? They didn't go through on away goals. What does that mean? Oh, they did go through on away goals. Sorry, yes. They they lost at home to Palmeiras 1-0 in the first leg and then they beat Palmeiras 2-1 in São Paulo for a 2-2 aggregate draw and went through on away goals. And therefore, Flamengo's win over Internacional, which if I remember rightly, the second leg of that was played the day after the second leg of Gremio's win. It denied us a Clásico uh Porto Alegrense, would you call it in Portuguese? Yes. I don't know. Um, in the semi-final, it, it denied us a derby between Grêmio and Inter. Um, and then, of course, we know what happened in the semi-final because it was merely three weeks ago. A 1-1 draw in Porto Alegre. Flamengo dominating the game and Grêmio hitting them on the counter-attack late on to get back into it before the second leg, which really was not very close fought at all. It was just brutal. Uh, in which Flamengo ran away with a 5-0 win to set up a 6-1 aggregate. I defeat. think that match, uh, 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 from that match, uh, they of course uh, uh, had their their confidence quite high, and, and, and I think the, the uh, if you analyze or you predict the, the the final, you will say that Flamengo are, are a bit favorite because of that. They they score five in a five semi-final, uh, equalizing. I think they. Uh, we, we we thought about the the semi-finals in which uh, there were a lot of goals. Uh, San Lorenzo defeating Bolivar 5-0 was the last latest for yeah. an Argentinian team in 2014. Um, and uh, so on, they 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 remained unbeaten 24 matches, as I think we said. Uh, but yes, uh, uh, incredibly, uh, that was of course an we don't need to say that there was one sided one sided match there mm. no it, it was pretty brutal and as I said at the time as well from a River fan's point of view if I were a River fan I wouldn't be as concerned about Flamengo in open play with the beautiful football and everything although they are certainly a very good team but what I might have been more nervous about from that Grimmio game is that one of the goals came from a penalty but three of the of the four that weren't penalties came from set pieces and set pieces is River's defensive weakness as we saw in the second leg of River's semi-final which we will get on to after this half-time break when we take you through River's route to the Libertadores final don't go away So, River Plate's route to the final. River, you might remember, um, are the defending champions because they won last year's Copa Libertadores. There wasn't a lot said about it at the time, um, so you, you could be forgiven for having missed it, but uh, it, it happened. Um, and as a result, they were drawn in Group A alongside Alianza Lima. <laughs> and... They're playing the Libertadores final in Lima now, even though it yes. wasn't supposed to be at the time of the draw. There we go. 
Palestino. The same. That is no, no, not the same uh, stadium. No, no, no. They're not playing yes. in Alianza Stadium. They're playing in Universitarios yes, uh, yes. Stadium. But yeah, that that would have been really poetic, wouldn't it? Um, Palestino of Chile and Internacional of Brazil. We already know what happened to Internacional eventually. They lost in the quarterfinal to Flamengo. Um, but in the group stage, it was actually topped by Inter um, with 14 points. Uh, River had 10, Palestino 7, and Alianza Lima 1. Um, and in River's games, they drew the first away to Alianza Lima 1-1 in what I seem to remember was a pretty dull yes. match, wasn't it? I can't yes. remember whether it was River rescuing it late on. Or, or yes, the, around, the Christian Ferreira free kick in the last minute. Yeah. Um, they then Suff- drew... They suffered the match, yes. Pardon? No, the, the River suffered the, the, that match. Mm. wasn't comfortable. They suffered through the whole group, really, because they drew the first three games? Yeah, the, the first three games. They, they drew yes. that 1-1 away to Alianza Lima. They drew 0-0 at home to Palestino, which was just... it was a, a From a Palestino point of view, it was a very, very impressive performance. Um, but I remember watching it at the time and thinking, God, this is boring. You know, even while admiring... <laughs> The, the way that Palestino set themselves up yeah, to, they, to claim that point, you proved, just thought this is. Of course, they aren't a, a huge team, but they they, they proved they aren't so bad. Uh, they are a team that can bother or can be just. Uh, they can be tricky uh, hmm. for for any, any team. Uh, yes, disturbing or or bothering. Yeah, um, and then they drew two two against Inter in Porto Alegre. Um, in a game that they was that again, the game they were 2-0 down yes. yeah. um, and came back to win 2-2 they were 2-0 down at half time weren't they and then rallied no they, I think right? yes they were 2-0 in the in half time and then there was a, a brilliant De La Cruz free kick mm. uh, for the 2-1 and then um, it was uh, Lu- no, Lu- no sorry Lucas Prato scored yeah. uh, the, the 2-1 in the as, uh, through a penalty and then De La Cruz in the, the free kick yes in the second half and they then seemed to relax a little bit and they got the results which ultimately sent them through they got a 3-0 win over Alianza Lima um, a week after that 2-2 draw with Inter and then they got a 2-0 win away to Palestino in Santiago uh, just under two weeks after that um, these that, two sorry these two matches against Palestino and Alianza Lima were uh, with, shut, with closed doors uh, we had ah, they were, weren't they? Yeah. Yes, the the fine they had the, for the uh, that uh, problem with the final, the yeah. twenty eighteen. That is the nil nil draw against Palestino, which was yes. the second group game, and the three uh, nil win over Alianza Lima were behind closed doors. Um, they got a two nil win away to Palestino, and that set them up and basically meant, I think. Looking at the table, ah no, they, so they qualified with the game to go because of that win against Palestino, didn't they? Um, and then they played out in a game that wasn't going to change anything because of the fact that Inter were already four points ahead anyway. Uh, they played out a two-two draw at home to Internacional, so two two-two draws against Internacional. Yeah. Nobody gets a win on either. Goal difference or on away goals for those just four four aggregate straight to penalties if it's a knockout tie which it wasn't so it was useful only for River to remain uh, unbeaten in the in the in the competitors true yeah Uh, indeed on to the second stage the knockout stage of the competition where River of course went into the hat as one of the second place teams 
Um, they got drawn against Cruzeiro, who, as a result, uh, had the advantage of the second leg being at home. Um, those two games both finished nil-nil, and River went through with a 4-2 penalty shootout win in Belo Horizonte. Franco Armani was the hero there, if I remember right. Yes, but apart, apart from that, uh, there were uh, shooters of penalties that weren't uh, in the list of anyone, like Martin Squarta and Montiel, who uh, took, took the penalties quite well. Yeah, yes indeed, yeah, yeah. It surprised a lot of people. Um, in the second round, River played Cerro Porteño, the Paraguayan giants who had put San Lorenzo out in the previous round. Um, River won the first leg 2-0 in the Monumental and then held on for a 1-1 draw in a pretty fiery second leg. That was the game with um, Nicolas de la Cruz equalising to put no. the tie beyond doubt after they kept him up all night. They, no, they that was in the, the second the police leg. station, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. Ah, I in thought you, you were thinking about uh, the Monumental game. No, no. They, they called him into the... Ahead of the second leg, they called Nicolas de la Cruz into to talk to the police because of something that he'd done during a youth tournament in Paraguay like the Copa Libertadores I think seven years ago or something I think it was on the 20 Copa Libertadores against uh, for defence or Liverpool. Sporting, yeah? yes uh, for Liverpool yes you're quite right yes Liverpool of Montevideo not yes. of England obviously um, and yes it, it, it was quite amusing because the judge who had ordered this arrest warrant was a, not only a Cerro Porteño like, it's not just oh they claim he's a Cerro Porteño fan uh, he was a former Cerro Porteño player as well um, and he award, uh, awarded this warrant and obviously with all of the stuff that goes along with playing away games in the Libertadores it's another thing to put down in the folklore and then inevitably he ended up scoring I think if I remember rightly on the night it was an equaliser right Cerro Porteño scored first yes and then De La Cruz equalised on the night slash got the away goal to put River 3-1 up on aggregate and put the tie beyond doubt in the second he half he was quite angry uh, we can say yes exactly yeah D- don't make him angry yes. um and in the meantime, while those two games were being played, or in the same weeks at least as those two games were being played, Boca Juniors were beating Liga de Quito 3-0 in uh, Quito with a very impressive performance and then holding them at bay for a 0-0 draw in the second leg in the Bombonera to set up a Super Clásico semi-final. Merely a year, or not even a year, 10 months um, after the Super Clásico final of last year. Um, which ended as we kind of expected it to after the first leg, I suppose, in a way. River, very impressive indeed in the first leg. Won 2-0, could have won by more um, after having a third-minute penalty, not even third-minute, second-minute penalty awarded for a foul by Emmanuel Mass. Um, it was taken uh, four or five minutes after because Yes, because of, the- of all the VAR checks and everything, but it was awarded for a foul committed, like about a minute and a half into the game. Um, 1-2-0, as I say, could have, in my opinion, could have won by more. And then in the second leg in the Bombonera, River lost their unbeaten record in this year's Copa Libertadores, but got the result anyway and, and wouldn't particularly have cared. Boca got a 1-0 win, thanks to a late uh, goal from a set piece by... Izquierdos? No, it was Juan Rutado. Ah, of course it was. Yes, sta- I remember it now. Yes, sorry, stabbing it from right on the line after Mauro Sarate had inadvertently touched the ball away um, from the goal rather than towards it. Um, yes, yeah, so Sarate almost cleared the ball and, and Juan Hurtado was there to mm. secure the, the goal. Uh, so River got a 2-1 aggregate 
win to set up this final. Now, we were talking, you said just before the break that, you know, in terms of the form of both teams coming into the final, it's easy to say, well, Flamengo looked terrifying. As I said after the semi-finals, I, I, I think that if you reverse the order of the two legs, then you get a very different idea because River in the first leg in the Monumental were immense. As I say, they could have won by more than two pretty comfortably. Um, Flamengo, on the other hand, in their first leg, although everybody was raving about, oh, they play such wonderful football, they, they, they should have won by several goals, my main takeaway was, yeah, but they didn't because that moment of stupidity against Gremio meant that they let the points slip. Um, and we're recording this the day after a 4-4 draw, which I have to admit, I haven't seen a single second of footage from. I don't know whether you've seen the goals or anything on the television today, Andres. Um, but it just makes me think that, yeah, while, while River have a very detectable soft underbelly in terms of tactics from set pieces in particular, um, Flamengo clearly can be got at as well defensively because against Gremio in the first leg when the tie was very much still live, there was a sucker punch which hit them for uh, on the counter-attack late on and, and left them ruining what might have been in that game as it was obviously they, they made it count in the second leg anyway. Um, and conceding four goals against a Vasco side who as we've just seen looking down the, the Brazilian league table a mid-table it doesn't look great now it is dangerous to predict things based on one game of course yes. because if we're predicting things merely on the most recent game as we ourselves are currently recording then we would have to be looking at River Plate's rather flat defeat to Rosario Central that would be the the equivalent to the Flamingo 4-4 draw uh, last night Hmm. Uh, I I was there I was uh, in the stadium uh, when we were lost to Rosario Central and and the the, the Rosario Central players admitted that they had to play like they 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 did with Lucas Gamba making similar work as uh, Soldano for Boca when yeah. where the, when Boca played against River in the Monumental midfielder yeah yeah even no even even uh, uh, behind in the as a, as a left back hmm. uh, so it's not the same as as Soldano but uh, even as a defender and he said well I had to do it and and, and then he scored um, but uh, and River couldn't find the ways even having uh, the match like like you said once I did. And having a lot of, of opportunities to score, but not that clear. They couldn't have that deep pass or that last pass to to have a, a, a much better chance to score. And well, when that happens, of course, it makes uh, that the matches are like that um, with the the, the the rival being defending well, marking well, uh, and well. And, and and I think we could compare uh, like a. a even when there was 4-4 uh, for Flamengo and, and River lost, uh, they couldn't get even a draw. Uh, we could compare like matches that weren't their best because for Flamengo, uh, that are used to, to scoring a lot and not, re- not conceding, to concede 4, yes, it's of course a, a something that they, w- they should pay attention to. But also, like you said, uh, oh, now, now to say, oh, Flamengo are weak and, and they defend ma- they badly only because they, they considered four again, uh, last night. Well, it's not, of course, right. No, indeed. It, it was a full strength river team. Um, 
without Juan Fernando Quintero in the starting lineup, but uh, I think he's he's looked slightly off shape. Also, like you said, also I think I, I read in, on Twitter that you said that he's not he 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 has lost the the punch. Yeah, it looks like I, I I think that in his first few matches back after injury, he looked brilliant, and I think he should have been given a start before now because in the last couple to me his last two games as we record he might very well be playing in the Copa Argentina later and might make me look a fool. Um, but in the last couple of games as we record, he's looked slightly off the pace, as if he could have done with a start before now to fully get yes. rolling and get really, really sharp. Uh, I am just Googling right now to see what the River starting lineup um, looks like for the game in the Copa Argentina that's kicking off in just over an hour. Um, so we will we'll see. Maybe he plays this evening and uh, looks sharp again. Um, but it's going to be a very different game anyway. That's the thing I know. Playing central is one thing, but the players have really, I think, got their minds focused on, you know, even with the Copa Argentina super, uh, semi-final coming up um, just after we record this. But they're Chelsea, clearly focusing on that. said it was a painful uh, defeat because, first of all, because it was the third victory, the third defeat, sorry, at the Monumental. The three big, uh, defeats they had, they, they they got war in the Monumental. And, and they prevented, of course, them from being the, the only leaders of the, of the Super League. They've had seven home losses during 2019, which is more than any other calendar year since 1983, when, you will remember, possibly, uh, they were rather a lot more trouble than they are now. Yes. So it's just proof that statistics don't always tell the whole story. Um, for now, however, I think we're going to... Oh, I'm just going to very quickly check that we haven't had any questions sent. We have not had any questions sent to us. Uh, while we've been recording this so thank you very much indeed for listening it's been a short episode but that's because we have a couple of hand of pod extras to get recorded as well uh, and then Andres needs to get off for the start of the Copa Argentina's uh, semi-final to watch that at home so for now thanks very much for listening for another week get over to fntz.co slash hop and use the discount code hopfz to sign up for Fanatis and watch the Libertadores final or all the Super League action or indeed the Libertadores final and all the Super League action this weekend, get over to patreon.com slash handofpod for lots and lots of extra content. And you will hear from us again at the start of December. Um, I'm on holiday, so talk to you soon. Thanks very much for now and goodbye from Andres. Thank you, goodbye. And me, thank you and goodbye.